Hi, I'm joined today with Dr. Holly Swain, and she's going to tell us why I care on today's Optometric Insights show. Holly, thank you for being on the show. Appreciate you being here. Um, Holly, as a start, uh, give everybody, give the uh, listenership a little bit of a background on yourself, just so they kind of understand your background, where you started and, and where you are right now. Well, thank you for letting me participate in this. Um, sure, I would love to. We, um, I went to optometry school, uh, graduated a while ago. We will not talk about how long ago. <laughs> and I started in clinic for a very short time and just felt like something was missing. Wasn't sure what that was. So I got out of the industry completely for uh, several years and got into finance for, um, for that time period. And uh, just to be clear, you went to optometry school, graduated, practiced for a little bit and said, I don't know if this is the right move for me. And you left totally. And now you're in finance. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I was in finance for uh, several years and uh, went back to the same thing as uh, this really isn't what I want to do. So I went back into clinic for a very short time and was conversing with a lot of my colleagues and, you know, just kind of explaining, you know, I just wasn't happy, wasn't sure what it was, what I was looking for. And I had several suggestions of getting into uh, sales for the optometric, um, the optometric world. And I wasn't really, really sure about that because I'm, I'm not real um, keen on uh, pushy salespeople. I was going to say, like, that's interesting because for us in optometry, we usually are uncomfortable even talking sometimes about prices of things in the exam room. So sales kind of seems like a big leap forward, but they must have seen something in you that they thought would have been a good fit for that. Yeah, they definitely saw something that I didn't. Um, and I'm glad they did because it did push me in that direction. And there was an opening uh, with someone that, uh, you know, God bless, they were willing to hire me as as inexperienced as I was in that division. And uh, I learned a lot from my mentor at that time and continued to grow. But I also found out it was exactly what my, my initial intuition was is sales is not where I want to be. So uh, if I could like, that's going to be an awesome opportunity for somebody to have, um, you know, somebody that's a salesperson with the optometric background, that's got to be unbelievable because there's no, um, there's a lot of training on the specifics on the technology, but you kind of know clinically really where things kind of fit in. And that's got to be a huge kind of step forward in that role. You, you just don't have to have any of that background education. Yeah, I think what helped me in that respect was knowing how the offices flow, knowing your technicians, the doctors, lanes. You know, all those just different aspects of making uh, making the practice run easily, efficiently, uh, and yet getting the technology you need in order to uh, properly diagnose or manage. And that helped on that end of it. So I needed a lot of coaching on the sales part of it. But but at least, yes, you're right. The clinical part, the practices, those, those things I had, I think, uh, definitely an advantage in those respects that I didn't have to learn everything from scratch. So from there, I um. How'd you get again, to the current place, your current spot, where you are right now? 
Yeah. So I realized, uh, which I initially thought it was sales was not where I wanted to be. That's definitely not where I wanted to retire. I, I knew this was maybe just a really good stepping stone to something next. So I am currently employed with uh, iCare USA and uh, that worked out because I started in as a product manager. They were starting to grow. Uh, it was a very small business when I started. Literally, I was the fourth employee. So we were a very small company and we were growing. And uh, so different roles were needed. Um, and as we continue to grow and as we continue to add products to our portfolio, uh, things uh just everything that's developing, whether it's technology and just the way the world is changing, you know, we have to learn to, to change with it and adapt to it as well. Well, you, you, I want to take a little bit of a step back here because you were working with the company that changed the way that we do tonometry. I mean, prior to the inception of eye care, which is really the kind of the flagship um, technology that you were working with early on and, and where we really met, that was, that changed everything. I mean, because prior to that in a pretest room, oftentimes you'd either see a non-contact tonometer or you'd oftentimes see a tonal pen if that was used. And and in a almost overnight it seemed like everything switched. It's one of those I always used to joke, there are kind of three pain points for patients in the exam room. One is the dilation, two is answering which lens looks clearer, lens one or two, and the third is the, the puff of air. And you, you eliminated that. Tell us a little bit more about your involvement in that technology and really why you saw something special here. Yeah, I, I do remember the very first time someone wanted to uh, run the eye care tonometer on me. And I have to say, I did strong arm them, just like a lot of people have. I'm like, you are not touching me, you know, my cornea with that without anesthetic. Because what do we all think, you know, is it's going to be painful. So I, I was pleasantly surprised that that was not the case. And it just took, it took that interaction for me myself to actually open, open my mind to other technology and other ways of doing things, because I, I was definitely very close mind when I thought about it and didn't want someone to, to do it. So, yes, what's changed is, is the patient experience has been a big thing. Patients, as you said earlier, uh, what do they complain about? The puff of air. There's been practices I've spoken to that they have never implemented an air puff. They've been in practice for 20 plus years and the patients will still ask if they're going to get a puff of air. <laughs> and it's amazing that they had that experience somewhere and that that's one of the things that they still hold on to, even though their current doctor hasn't had it ever in their practice. So finding an easier way, uh, whether it be patient experience, especially the way social media is today, they can, you know, we know that they can help us or hurt us too in social media. So having having a way to uh, get IOP information that's valuable to additional all the other things that you're going to test on your patient, uh, but making the, making the experience a little bit more um, tolerable for our patients, um, I, I think it's definitely helpful by all means. Holly, we, the first day that we put it in our office, I remember whenever there's a new technology that we implement in our practice, we always ask patients kind of what the feedback is on it. So we put a new camera in, we ask them about it. You know, how do you like this compared to the previous technology? When we put the eye care in every single patient, I asked them, so what did you think about the way we took the pressure? So I saw 20 people that day, 19 of them said, I, I like it a lot more than the puff of air. The 20th patient said, I said, 
you didn't like it, they're like, oh, no, no, I like the puff of air more. And I, and I asked myself, you, you like the puff of air more than what they just did? They're like, oh, yeah, I love the challenge of trying to keep my eye open for that puff of air. <laughs> so they almost viewed it as this challenge. I'll tell you, though, Holly, um, interestingly, that eye care tonometer has changed things, one, because of its portability. So it has a small footprint. But two, there are some patients that have a difficult time sitting for traditional Goldman tonometry in the slit lamp. Um, you see them struggling to keep themselves in that slit lamp. And we know that that can influence IOP. When they're placed in just a more of a natural resting state, um, the eye care actually, in our minds, actually provides just as if not more accurate of a reading than the Goldman in those instances. Because again, they're in a more relaxed state. They don't have or not necessarily inducing this Valsalva maneuver as they're trying to pull themselves up in the slit lamp. I mean, do you find things like that as well too? Yes, definitely. I think I think the other thing that we have to remember between the different types, types of technology is today we like to delegate a lot of things. And being able to have some of our technicians do uh, testing so it frees up your chair time to see a patient that you, you want to do additional testing that your technicians can't do, that also allows for your technicians to have less variability in between the users as compared to something that's going to be a little bit more subjective like Goldman. You know, you've run your Goldman, you know, a million times, but your techs most likely haven't. Mm -hmm. And having the different skill level between your techs could vary your IOP results where I do feel that the eye care takes some of that out of play. Yeah. Well, it's Holly. I love, I love this component of more standardization in the technologies that we're utilizing. Again, the eye care really is built to, um, be technician independent. You you guys also have, um, uh, whether or not you call it an Aiden or an Aiden, a tomato or a tomato, but you guys have a really impressive um, camera technology. Tell us a little bit about that because I know that um, that is almost totally technician dependent. I mean, all they do is enter the patient information and the patient kind of does everything else and the computer does everything else. And Every picture, regardless of what technician is working with that patient, gets the same photograph. Yeah, the beauty of that is, yes, it's not dependent on your tech at all. I mean, if needed, you could have your front, you could have your front desk person push a button that says start. So the device, yes, it's got confocal technology. We have a couple devices and literally pushing start, the device will go aligned in front of one eye, however you program, whatever modality you use. And then it'll go and take a photo and then go and, and obtain the left eye or the, the second eye as well. So it's independent of uh, a technician driving the machine. So again, alignment for different skill levels of technicians that is taken out. And it's going to be more reproducible and, and independent of who is pushing the start button. I believe also it's going to help when we do have some patients that uh, don't sit quite as uh, easily because we can also repeat the measurement very quickly and it is fully automated. The oh, yeah. of technology is, 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 is good in the respect of being able to get a good image, even though you have to go through a cataract, for instance, we still want to see what that macula looks like and, and the nerve looks like before we send them into cataract surgery, especially if we're considering premium IOLs, you know, what does their macula really look like? So the, the technology helps us get good posterior segments, um, pictures, even with a smaller pupil. Yeah, I can attest to that, Holly. And what's interesting, it must drive you crazy when I call it a fundus photograph because it's like, no, it's not. It's a confocal image. 
But um, it's interesting with all of this technology, how much we're able to track things over time. That technology, the flicker frequency or the flicker function that gives you the ability to go back and forth immediately between pictures is absolutely unbelievable as well too and i think that's where um really the future is really detecting change earlier and i think these type of technologies are allowing us the ability to do that so holly share with the audience like what is your official role at uh, the company now so uh currently i am uh the vp of medical and professional affairs uh, we are a smaller company, so we all do just dig in and get the work done. So uh, depending on what needs to be done, I'm there. But I've been enjoying mostly uh, working with a lot of our key opinion leaders, learning more about technology. And uh, part, part of my role also is to monitor clinical trials when we have a new device that's uh, that we're trying to get passed through the FDA. So so kind of a broad range of things, um, but have been have been very, very happy in the role that I have. And I just I continue to learn and continue to grow, uh, just surround myself with intelligent people. And it's and it's amazing the things that you can learn and and how you can progress things. That's great. Holly, um, so we're getting close to the end of the time here. Is there anything that you can kind of share with us, maybe a little sneak behind the curtain on any technologies that we may be seeing in the next several years? In the next several years. Um, so sneak peek, well, probably not much of a sneak peek yet, but we just got a, a home two uh, tonometer uh, FDA cleared. That was literally just cleared. So we have new technology for our patients to be measuring uh, their IOP at home. I know that scares everybody because no one wants patients to be calling them, but don't worry. They can't see their information. So, so it'll give you some additional information, but you won't have to worry about those phone calls. And then, of course, you know, the good thing about our company is R&D does listen to our feedback and they continue to either add modalities or uh, improve on our current technology and try to make things even better, more efficient and always, always changing. So whatever's in the pipeline, it will always be improved. Holly, this has been truly eye opening. I really want to thank you and appreciate you for taking the time out. Um, to just share with us a little bit of the pipeline and uh, really kind of talk into a deeper sense um, the technologies that really have changed the way that we're caring for patients. Holly, thank you for your time and appreciate you being here. Well, thank you. I appreciate it as well. Yeah. And thank you all for joining us on this episode of the Optometric Insight Show. Make sure to follow us on, 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 on the OI Show. Make sure to follow us on our podcast. <laughs>